Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. A lot has been said about principals burning out during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. But what about principals who have stuck with it through it all? The principal of Dolores Huerta Elementary School in Los Angeles has been serving the community she grew up in for 30 years. I want to make sure when we open that door, the school is a safe, nurturing environment that's going to provide and support anything that they need. Meet Estela Lopez and find out why she is so dedicated to the children in her neighborhood and at her school. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Estela Lopez grew up in South Central Los Angeles, right across the street from 49th Street Elementary School. And that school was her playground. When she was about seven years old, she and her brother would spend hours exploring the campus in the afternoon. We would climb the buildings, and then we would hear my mom calling our names, and we were just stuck so she wouldn't see us. And it, it was just jumping from one roof to another. On one of those trips... Estela noticed the recycling bins. And then I opened it and I saw a lot of paper in there, a lot of worksheets. That's when she got an idea. And I had a younger sister that I say, you know what, we're going to play school. I'm going to be the teacher and you guys are going to listen to me. After a while, my sisters wouldn't want to play. They got tired of it. They're like, okay, no more. You always want to be the teacher. You always want to have us doing work. I think, you know, that was a very short career. Or the start of a career that would last decades. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, a principal deeply dedicated to her school and her neighborhood. Estela Lopez still lives just five minutes from where she was raised on 49th Street. And she's worked in the neighborhood her entire career, going from being a teacher to a coordinator supporting English learners to assistant principal to the principal of Dolores Huerta Elementary School. My colleague Maleka Sheshadri interviewed Estela for this podcast, and she wrote about her for EdSource. Hi, Maleka. Hi. So, Maleka, tell me, how did you first hear about Estela Lopez? Yeah, I had been in touch with Ryan over at Community Coalition for some other stories that I'd been working on. And he just said, you know, I don't know if you've heard of her, but Estela Lopez is this amazing principal and woman and has done a lot to support her community and kind of just opened up a conversation. And from there, I reached out to Estela. After you met with her, you know, what stood out to you about her? A lot. (laughs) Um, I think the part that speaks a lot to who she is, is that Throughout the time we met, there were kids like coming and banging on the windows constantly or like showing little heart signs. Um, so I guess just kind of the relationship that she'd seemingly cultivated with the kids, just kind of the, the supportiveness, tenderness, strength that she sort of gave to them and the ways that she was playing with the kids on the playground when we walked across the blacktop. So I think honestly, that's probably what stuck out to me a lot and that I think speaks volumes, even though it wasn't directly said. Estela actually grew up in the neighborhood where she's now a principal, mm-hmm. right? How, how does that inform her work as a principal? She talked about just having a really in-depth knowledge of the community. 
Um, she said, you know, there's certain aspects of it that have changed a lot. You know, I think when she said she was growing up, she was one of the only Latino families in the area. And that now that that's not necessarily the case, but overall, it's just, it's been a community that has been, I think, undersupported for a long time. And I think she just has a real understanding of what the kids go through. When Estela was a child, school was a refuge. And there were a lot of things that I had in my head about the night before at home. What would I see with my father as an alcoholic? But I knew that once I went into the school, I could forget about that for a moment. I would get so involved in the school. I loved math. The best part was competing with the boys to complete my math worksheets. And I wanted to compete with my brother, make sure my scores were higher than his because he was older. I wanted to show him that even though he was tough with me, that I could be smarter than him. But I also wanted to be a model for my sisters. I wanted to make sure that my sisters knew that they were capable of doing everything. She had her first child, Mauricio, when she was 17 and a senior in high school. But that didn't stop her. It was difficult, but with my parents' support, I was able to finish uh, high school. I actually graduated with my class, which I was very proud of. Later, she had two more boys, Ivan and Julian. She raised her her own kids in that same community. Um, You know, she talked about having to raise Latino sons with certain awarenesses of policing and just, you know, just certain realities that are common in that community. And I think she just kind of understands it from having been through it herself and having raised her kids in it. It was hard having to teach my boys at a very early age that they had to be inside the home by six. Some of the most difficult conversations with my sons, I have to say, especially with my oldest, Mauricio. I remember a time when he came home from high school and he was very upset. And he's like, I don't understand why I have to be pulled over and I'm just walking home with a backpack. Um, and his backpack was searched, and and whenever he was pulled over by officers, all I could say to my son, you just need to comply. And um, it was difficult not to be able to give them a reason. It was hard to live in the neighborhood in some ways, but Estela doesn't regret it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I love living in this community, and that's how I find myself connecting to the parents and the community that I serve. She wants to make sure her school is also a refuge for students now, just like school was for her. Many of them show up every day after maybe not sleeping, maybe living through a very difficult night at home, maybe after not eating. So when the students come here to Huerta, I want to make sure when we open that door, the school is what the school was for me, a safe, nurturing environment an environment that's going to provide and support anything that they need. If we have students that are coming in late, no matter what, I take them to the cafeteria or we have snacks here, we have apples, because I know they're not gonna be able to do something on an empty stomach. When they come in and they're crying, I try to comfort them, I talk to them. And then what I do is, If I say good morning and some of them are just not very responsive, 
I let them be and then I check on them during the day just for them to know that I'm here. My stuff does the same thing. And it doesn't stop with kids. Estela's also there for parents. What I've tried to nurture is to, that the parents know that they're instrumental in what happens, that they are the partners that we need, that they are going to also be a big piece, like my parents were for me, in whether their kids succeed or not. And that language, like in my parents' case, should not be a reason why they're not uh, attending the school or coming to volunteer. I always tell the parents, my parents, I call them my parents, that we're here to support them, not just to help their kids academically, but in any, any situation that they need. Maleka, can you share some other examples of how Estela has kind of gone above and beyond in her school community? I think the thing that felt really recurring, both in the conversation with her and with others, was just just her like holistic approach, in a sense, and her understanding that in order for a child to thrive in school, they need to be able to be supported in all ways. And so she talked about during COVID you know, going door to door because kids weren't signing on to do their schoolwork and realizing that a lot of the families there that she went to go talk to, like, didn't have masks, for example, or just didn't have basic resources to stay safe. We had a lot of students that weren't logging in at all. So I was going to their homes. We would ask them to come out and they were like, we don't have any face masks. Some of the essential things. And I would say, okay, so... We started giving them to the families because these are the families we're supporting. They don't have face masks. They're not protecting themselves. They're going to the markets. These are babies that don't have the vaccines. We were delivering equipment. Some families weren't able to pay their rent. Um, Some of the parents were really sick where they couldn't leave their homes. And there were a couple programs through our network, through the partnership, where We had uh, funders that were delivering food, that were supporting families with rent, that were helping us deliver devices. She talked about her efforts holding community events to raise awareness of how to avoid being evicted, how to deal with housing insecurity. So I think the thing that that really kept on being repeated was just her understanding of, again, the community and just the ways that all of those community well-being and I guess the child's welfare and their academic success all been kind of one and the same, really. So in your story, you write that Mauricio, Estela's oldest son, was a huge part of her life. He was with her through thick and thin. He was a big support. And unfortunately, he passed away three years ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about Mauricio and Estela's relationship? Yeah, so Estela uh, was pregnant with Mauricio as a senior in high school, and He was four months old when she graduated. Apparently, he was born over her winter break and was there several months later to watch her graduate from her high school years and embark on her journey as an educator. Estela would take Mauricio with her to her classes as she gained her teacher training. He would be my little buddy. We would run to class. I remember seeing him walk up the stairs and say, come on, mom, you're going to be late. And then he would sit in the back when I was in class. 
I remember that the professor would say, we have a little visitor and he would sit behind me to do his homework and he went to school with me. So when I received my degrees, it was it was his as well. Mauricio would be his mom's supporter for years. And I remember Mauricio would say, mom, you can do this. You're strong. You can't give up. And I would say, yeah, he's right. Estela was able to honor her sons and share how much they had inspired her at an event in 2019 to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Dolores Huerta Elementary School. It was also the first time in her life that she had shared her story openly and kind of the struggles that she's endured. At first, Estela didn't want to speak publicly about her personal struggles, but she eventually decided to do it. So I invited my parents, and for the first time, my mom and my dad were at an event where they were able to see their daughter in a different role. And also an opportunity to invite my three boys to share with them my story. And for them to see how, even though they thought that they made it more challenging for me to continue with my education, they actually were my inspiration. Also in the audience was the actual Dolores Huerta, famous civil rights activist and co-founder of the United Farm Workers, and who also happens to be the namesake of Estela's school. So she heard my story too. She was there. And I still remember when I finished my story, she gave me a big hug. And she said, you're strong, mijita. You're a very strong woman. So I think that really from that anniversary event onward, the two of them had had a, a pretty close relationship and had been in touch. And then I think they met again several years later after her son Mauricio passed. Malika, losing a child is really devastating. Did Estela tell you about how she dealt with that? So Mauricio passed during the COVID time period. Um, She talked about that period of quarantine and seclusion as being quite important for her to cope and heal as much as she missed seeing the kids outside and interacting with them every day. She really did kind of say that she needed that time for herself to heal. She questioned a lot about her role as an educator and talked about the fact that she sometimes felt guilty about not having spent certain time with Mauricio and having not always maybe put him first um, in the way that maybe in, in retrospect she felt she should have. And during that time, she also kept on coming back to the last conversation that she shared with Mauricio over the phone. I was actually here working on a weekend. I was um, working on the main office to make it look pretty for our students. And he called me at Saturday and he said, Mom, are you coming home? And I said, not yet, mijo. I said, I want to finish painting the office because I don't want to be here on Sunday. And he said, that's cool, Mom. He said, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. And he passed away on Sunday. But she said that ultimately what brought her back even stronger was was him again. And it kind of came through these social media posts that his wife Alejandra had showed her, um, where essentially he was commending her work and her commitment to the kids. What he said was, I'm very proud of you, Mama. You make me strong every day. And he... He took a picture of us delivering devices and he said, keep the work going, Mom. You're helping the little kids out. And then the one that really gets to me is the one he said, Happy Father's Day 
to all the fathers and to all the single moms out there, but especially to mine. Not only is she a father to me, but a father to a lot of the kids that she serves. The kids at school have also helped her heal, Estela says. And they have also taught me what a smile can do for them in the morning when they're having a tough day or a hug. I have little ones that just come in the morning and they just give me a big hug. And those hugs also mean the world to me because they've also helped me move forward. And all I have to do sometimes is look out that window. And these windows in my office, the blinds are open because they're the ones that keep me going every day. And when they pass by and they're showing me their little hearts or they're smiling, that's worth it. That tells me that it's worth it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Maleka's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests Estela Lopez and reporter Maleka Sheshadri. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the California Endowment. I'm Zadie Stavely. We'll be taking a couple of weeks off, but please join us in the new year and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Thank you.